Welcome back, everybody. It's the business of my kind of bi-monthly podcast where I get nosy with business owners and find out what it takes to run their empires behind the scenes. Uh, If this is your first time listening, I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis, host of the show and owner and operator of NPL Consulting LLC, where I help you get your business paperwork together. Things like registration, trademarks, contracts, etc., I'm a licensed attorney with a passion for helping entrepreneurs achieve their dreams. You can find everything I do at linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm. My contact info is in the show notes as well. Go pick up a sneak peek um, of some of my most popular ebooks or video trainings and beef up your business savvy there too. Now to why we're here. This episode, I interview Marcus Bullard, creator and owner of Signet Magazine. Marcus reached out to me to be a guest on the show, and I'm so glad he did. I've not yet had an opportunity to speak to someone running a magazine. It seems like more are closing their doors every day, and Marcus is at the beginning of his publishing journey. During our chat, we talked about his transition from strip club DJ to magazine editor, the guerrilla tactics he's used to get his magazine off the ground, and why building a solid team is the most important part of your business journey. I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. All right. Thank you so much, Marcus Bullard, for being here. Thank you for uh, reaching out. I haven't had the occasion to interview someone who runs a magazine yet, and I'm very excited about this. Say hi to everybody in podcast land. Hello, everybody, and thank you for having me. Yes. All right, everybody. Marcus is the uh, uh, the owner, the CEO. I'm not sure what your business. All is. the above. All right, the owner, <laughs> CEO of Signet Media Group, where he um, runs Signet Magazine and also Starlets Magazine. And I wanted to get him on here to talk about the back end of running a, a magazine, like a. Magazines are very different now than they were in days before, and then we're in an age where it's very easy to uh, kind of get in trouble with rights, um, particularly with publications. So Marcus is going to be here to enlighten us on some things. Uh, so Marcus, first things first, tell us uh, where where are you from and how did you get involved with the magazine business? Okay. Uh, my name is Marcus, like you said before, and I, I'm based in South Florida. I, I live just outside of Boca Raton, uh, but I claim Miami. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the way I got started is, is very long and convoluted, so I'll try and keep it short and sweet. But I originally started as a DJ uh, all through high school, college, and ended up working in radio and had child and wife and life and eventually ended up leaving radio and missed it and this was my way to still stay in the entertainment industry without being in radio tv or anything like that Mm -hmm. so the creative side everything I did as a producer and on-air talent is still there and prevalent in the magazines but it's just uh no talking very little talking involved now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but why why this particular magazine? So you you brand yourself as the the urban playboy, right? And with the advent, we've got social media, and we've got you know the 
you know, quote unquote, Instagram models. Why did you decide that this was the avenue that you wanted to take? It was the easiest entry point for me. I, I like I said, I DJed for a long, long time. Uh, and out of all the time I DJed, I spent 25 years of it as a strip club DJ. So okay. relationships and, and being around women and nudity was kind of easy to ease back into. And the thing with, with magazines is as much as it is putting something together, it's, it's, it's really about comfort zone. Most magazine owners basically do what they are used to. I'm used to working in the entertainment industry, being around music, being around pretty much the topics that I would cover in radio as the producer uh, mm -hmm. are the things that I cover in the magazine, mostly pop culture stuff. Um, Well-versed in movies, TV, gaming, uh, very, very much in the movies though. And those are the things that are reflected outside of the women. Okay. And when did you decide that you wanted this, the magazine, to be like, this was, was your thing, your bread and butter, like, you know, the thing that you wake up for? When I got tired of working for regular people. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing about owning a magazine is you're your own boss. And at the end of the day, you, everybody wants to be their own boss. Nobody wants to work for anyone. And that's pretty much how it, it came about. Like, I was a DJ for a long time, and then I wasn't. And I worked, and I hated it. Being a DJ gave me a sense of freedom. Not having to really answer to anybody outside of the club owner. Pretty much playing what I wanted to play. And if people liked it, then we moved it. it that's what it was. There's a lot of independence in and being an artist. And once you try and get a regular job, it stifles that. And so you spend a lot of time trying to figure out how you can be independent. And how can I, how can I make this where I never have to work for somebody again? So with that being said, that's the number one goal of any business owner. I don't want to work for you. I want to work for me. I'm tired of, of, of putting money into your pocket when, when my time and effort is just as important as yours. Amen. So uh, I, I like to tell people a lot of times, it all comes back to a, a poster or a meme I read one time. And in the poster, there's a, there's a guy, white guy, sitting on a Lamborghini. And black guy walks up to him and says, you know, I want to be like this one day. And the guy looks at him and says, if you work hard and keep striving and keep grinding and keep coming to work on time every, every day, I'll get another one. And it's in reference to the Lamborghini. And it's the perfect example of how America works. You keep working, you keep grinding, you keep hustling, you keep busting your ass. And then at the end of the day, said owner, ends up getting a Lamborghini and you can't pay your rent. So if you're going to struggle, it's like rather struggle on your, on, you know, on building something of your own rather than building somebody else. Exactly. So 
I, I try to think what's the best way for me? What's the best way that I can build something that can possibly branch off into something else? When I built the magazine, I initially built it because I wanted to at one point become a producer. And being a black man with no credit <laughs> or bad credit, you ain't getting no loans from the bank. You ain't getting no super, unless you like no dope boys and millionaires, you ain't getting the, the right kind of loans. Mm -hmm. So you have to hustle, make something, and then be able to take that product to somebody with money and be like, look, I did this. And if you give me money, I could do more. Okay. I could make bigger things. I can make better things. But people, everything is, is show me. We have a microwave culture. You have to be able to produce inside of however however short amount of time you have to to get what you need to get done and then you know have something to show for it before five or six other people grasp onto it and figure it out and then they do it too okay so everything is a race okay so the magazine is kind of like proof to people for when you want to go to other things like look what i built on my own without imagine what i can do with your help exactly and that's the hardest part because i started the magazine after djing and and running out of all the money i had saved as a dj i i basically lived and raised my family off five years of not working as a dj all the money i made during that time and, and during that time, not just living off of it, but trying to figure out a way to start a new business and not work for nobody else until the point I had to. Awesome. Um, so in, in you know, the process of, of building up the magazine and, you know, putting out these issues, you've got multiple issues out. There's a lot that goes into making a magazine you know we see it and we'll see articles we see pretty pictures glossy pages you know and ads but that doesn't just happen can you talk about some of the behind the scenes like what does it take to put together an issue of a magazine what are the things that you have to be concerned about to make sure that you're covered as a business owner well uh, a lot of it is dealing with management uh, a lot of models i talk to i talk to one-on-one -on -one. And then if things work out between us, then the, if they have management, then we talk. And um, a lot of it is dealing with different writers. Um, more often than not, you find a couple that you're comfortable with, and then you let them just write out and you give them assignments. Uh, nine times out of 10, it's something that I want to cover. And then I tell them, and then, you know, they figure out the best way to word it and send it back. Okay. But it's, it's all with, with me, it's all mercenary work. I find people, I pay them and then I get what I want. And that's it. Okay. So I'm, so I'm assuming that, you know, you have to deal a lot with contracts and, you know, making sure that people do what they say that they're going to do. Um, more, less contracts, more deadlines. Uh, okay. A lot of times, you know, freelance for, Freelance photographers, freelance writers, you pretty much just have to have their PayPal account and, you know, stay on top of them. I Like, uh, one example is I have a, a writer who uh, 
is a very dear friend named Crystal, and uh, she goes by Nikki True online. And when I need her, she's there. But I, it's a lot of odd times, and when she's in relationships, a lot of arguments. Why is this dude calling you at three in the morning? <laughs> but mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it's 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 less contract, more hounding and and knowing knowing people personally. A lot of what I do is built around relationships and I've had a lot of them for like 20 years. So I kind of get a little leeway. Whereas a lot of other people might not have those same luxuries. Okay. So, um, even with these relationships, there, there are still issues of ownership. So let's say particularly with photographers. So if you hire a photographer to do a shoot, you know, do you, do you guys talk about, you know, who, who has the rights to these images? Is that photographer allowed to use that in their portfolio? Do they maintain the rights or do you maintain the rights? What rights does the model have to, to, the, to the, uh, the visuals? Um, that's a three-prong answer. Mm-hmm. If I paid for the shoot, uh, I own them. Okay. The photographer becomes an employee at that point. Um, the model is the subject she she has some some say as far as what i put out like certain pictures she might not approve but on a whole you know that it really comes down to my judgment i could i could be like look i know you don't like this picture but i love it so i'm putting it mm-hmm. nine times out of ten you don't want to burn any bridges or, or damage relationships and if they really don't like the picture you just kind of not do it but at the end of the day, it's once I paid for the shoot, it's my picture. I don't care what you say unless I care. Okay. So you maintain the rights, but you also have to balance that with keeping the, the people involved with the process happy. Yes. And it's a, it's a delicate thing because there's a lot of times where there's a picture that you really like or there's a, a set that you really like. And sometimes they just don't feel it and you have to kind of massage it. Okay. Um, what would you say is the best part about running your magazine? Getting the media credentials. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of things that, you know, when I was working in radio, I went to everything. And as a civilian, you have to kind of pick and choose what you do. The, the economy of today is not what it was like 20 years ago where you can go to everything and still pay your rent. So you have to look at a lot of things, especially when you get into your late 30s, early 40s, and you have a family. Things change your, the way you think. So you can't go to every concert. But as a magazine owner or, or as a uh, club promoter or whatever, you can go out almost every night. You can have a nightlife. You can enjoy just being out and those are some of the things that you're afforded with magazine and and being able to be back in radio and be on tv so yeah i I would say my favorite part is the media credentials so you're building back up your your social standing like all of those connections that you had as a dj you're you're building them back up as a magazine as a magazine owner yeah i mean the conversations are a lot different mm-hmm. um when i was a dj it was more of a play my record and how can i get this record from you or how can i get to this show and 
I want to be a part of certain things. Now I have people approach me and be like, look, I, I want to do this with you and I want to do that with you. And will you come out and, and um, have your brand cover our, our event? So it, it's a, it's a lot of good conversations that come from what I'm doing. And it's not as great as when it was in radio because being monthly, there's a lot of things that you kind of have to turn down because you're not going to be able to cover it properly. Right. But it, there is still a lot to that you can be happy with. Cool. Um, okay. So what would you, what is your vision for, both magazines, Signet and Starlets. Like, what what do you see? What do you see happening for you, Marcus, and for your magazines in the next, you know, five, ten, twenty years? Um. Wow. Okay, that's a good question. Um. Well, like with anything, you want to build and continue to get better, and being. I'm pretty much still a rookie. I haven't even approached my first year yet. I'm working on the fifth issue of, of Signet and I've just taken full ownership of Starlet and we're about to do our second issue of it. So I'm still kind of new. So I want basically to be rookie of the year. By, by the end of this year, I'd like to be about seven in on Starlet and a full 10 on Signet and be well enough known that I could be a part of the urban awards circuit for magazines and things of that nature and get more invitations to a lot of things and, you know, just be renowned. It's about basically getting exposure, um, doing shows like yourself and other podcasts and other radio shows and TV shows and, nightlife events, things of that nature, the things I'm, I'm striving to be a part of. So uh, over the next five years, I, I'd like to to just get the renown up, get the name out there and and really just see what happens. I'm, I'm still looking for investors and things of that nature because a lot of this stuff I do, I do out of pocket. And that's important for entrepreneurs to know is that, you know, sometimes the goal is just to just to keep going, you know, especially in the beginning. You know, you, you know, we all we all want to succeed. We all want to be great. We all, you know, want our name in lights. But there is always a building process, no matter, you know, how long you, you've been in, in, you know, in, let's say, in the entrepreneurship realm. When you start a new business, there is always a building process. So understanding that some sometimes your goals are just you are just to keep going yeah um when i started the very first issue of signet that whole issue was done on three paychecks <laughs> it took me three paychecks to get one issue done wow now and i've gotten so enough relationships and things to where it doesn't cost me nearly as much but the grind is still there. You have to work to get each issue done. It's a lot of money that goes into it. Uh, I just recently started actually making a decent profit through ad sales. Right. And that's basically how I make the majority of my money. I could, I could basically give the magazine away for free 
if the ma- if if the magazine ads are up to par because the profit you make from selling the magazine as opposed to what you make through what you sell selling ad space is oranges and apples um mm-hmm. i try to personally keep my ads per issue to 9 but if I wanted to sell 10 and 20 ads, I could live off of that comfortably forever without ever having to collect one cent from magazine sales. And why do you choose to do a combination of magazine sales and ad sales? Um, it's not so much up to me as far as the magazine sales, because as I started, like I said before, I'm very new. So I started on MagCloud. And once you put your PDF magazine onto that service, it sets your price for you. Okay. But at the end of the day, I, I look for different ways to um, get distribution and printing. And it's really about the volume because once your volume of magazine or books or novels or whatever it is you're selling get to a certain point, you get advertising dollars because people want to be a part of that they want exposure for for said product so once you get to a certain number of of magazines sold you start getting into really good numbers as far as what you can sell is and and who approaches you like when i started i had to beg friends of mine who had their own company like let me please put your ad in my book just so i can show that you can advertise with me right and then you know people see the magazine they see the ads in the book and they're not great but they're ads and then you can shop that magazine around and be like look you can advertise with me too and you can advertise with me too and you can advertise with me too and then all of a sudden you done made fifteen hundred thousand dollars and you can put out your next issue (laughs) so A lot of, a lot of, like, my very first issue was all friends. Like, um, I had a friend who had a clothing line, and it was called Ugly Clothing. He's out of Boston. And I was like, look, man, just give me the ad. I'll put it in. <laughs> <laughs> you got to use what you got. To get what you want. That's and, um, right. It, it, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about who you know in your business relationship. So, you know, that his one ad got me four ads in my next issue. So Sorry. I kind of, in essence, owe him money. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him hear this episode. <laughs> no, he won't, he won't hear it. He won't hear it. I'll, I'll edit that part out or something. I don't know. But at the end of the day, his one ad got me three, three more ads. So I ran his ad again, the following issue and the new ads. And then, with those ads, I did my first power shoot, and then the money I made from the ads and the power shoot did the next two issues, and, and that's pretty much how it grows, because the one thing that I don't have going for me that a lot of the newer magazines do is they're shot entirely by, you know, certain photographers. Certain photographers that I work with have their own magazine. Mm-hmm. So I end up not getting the absolute best stuff sometimes from them because they save it for themselves. You know, yeah. everybody's got that Kanye West, 
mentality. I'm not, I'll sell you some stuff, but I ain't selling you the stuff I'm going to use. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I even went out and got my own camera equipment. I was like, you know, I'm paying these guys a lot of money sometimes, so I, I might start shooting some of these girls myself. But at the end of the day, it's all about the relationship. And in business, as a business owner, you got to find a way to parlay these relationships into something that works for everyone. I like, thank you so much for that. Cause uh, people don't understand the grind that goes into putting all that stuff together. And just because you have this finished product, you haven't seen the blood, the sweat, the tears and the money that has gone into, you know, making this finished product. Um, Not to mention sleepless nights is, I mean, a lot of, a lot of my business, I'm on the East coast. A lot of my business comes from the West. So it's a lot of times that I'm not going to bed until five in the morning and have to get up at nine in the morning because West coast is three hours behind me. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of not sleeping. It's a lot of hustling. You know, if you, if you're doing a magazine with no, with no investors, no sponsors, no nothing but yourself, like myself, you have to promote that you're a, that you're a host that you, so you can go out and host nightlife events and then go out and, ho- and host that nightlife event and then stay until the end of the night when the club's closing to collect your own money because you ain't got no management. So if you're out there and you, and you don't have a team, you are working 20, 22 hour days. Wow. It's a lot of, (laughs) yeah, it's it's a lot of days where I I don't get to sleep for like a day, day and a half, two days. And then there's a lot of times where I ain't doing anything at all because I'm my own boss. And once I've done all I needed to do and got all my money, I can actually rest. (laughs) So, That's the, uh, thank you. That's a very like realistic view of what it is to be an entrepreneur that sometimes you're so busy. You don't know what to do with yourself. And then other times you're like, okay, I'm just going to stay and do nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And it really comes down to your support team. Like I, I have to thank my wife all the time because I couldn't have done half the stuff that I try to do without her because I'm gone. I'll leave, go to Georgia. I'll leave, go to Connecticut. I'll leave, go to go out to the West Coast in Vegas. And I've got kids. Who's watching my kids? My wife. Who's who's supporting my dream? My wife. When I ain't making no money with the magazine and can't pay the rent, who's taking care of the bills? My wife. I mean, it's you got to have of a strong support system to try and do a business because if you don't and you fail, not only will you be homeless, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, you won't be able to eat. You won't be able to sleep. Right. You you'll be sick. You'll be stressed. Stress is the number one killer. And this is a stressful business, even with her making as much money as she does and supporting what I do. Even it, even with the magazine making a couple of dollars here and there, I still rely on her to to hold me up because there's a lot of days where I'm so stressed that 
sometimes I just need her to come in and slap me on the back of the head and be like, man, this shit will be all right tomorrow. Just go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> just go to sleep. Go to sleep. Sometimes Every I gotta have her come, <laughs> yeah, have her come choke me out and be like, "Go to sleep, go to sleep." <laughs> and then I wake up and everything's sure. better tomorrow. And I'd be like, "Well, thanks, honey. My throat hurts, but I, I feel better." <laughs> <laughs> you know, she gives you that loving but firm hand. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, she's pretty strong. She she's whipped my ass a couple times in shape, so. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, you've given so many gems, but if if you had to give one single um, piece of advice out there for somebody, a young, you know, who may want to get into the magazine or has these entrepreneurial dreams, what piece of advice would you give to them? Um, when I started, I started by myself. And I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. If you have a dream and you really want to realize it and fulfill it, build a team of like-minded individuals. Stay in your lane. Let people, you know, who know what they're doing, do what they do. Don't interfere. Make your Avengers team. You know, if you're if you're good at being creative, then do that wholeheartedly and find you somebody that can handle your business. And, you know, make sure that they're compensated accordingly and and go forward. But trying to do things on your own sometimes, it can set you back because certain things you might not know and you need to know every aspect going into certain things. When I started, I, did, I have no, I still to this day don't really have a clue about business management. So what I do is I do my damnedest to be the absolute best as far as what I do creatively. And I find the best business mind that I can to handle my business. And I make sure that when I make money, they make money so that they're happy and they don't steal from me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, I treat, I treat everybody with the, with the, respect that they are due because I can't do what you do. I could shoot a picture, but I can't shoot as good as you. So I pay you what you're supposed to get, or I treat you the way that you need to be treated to get, you know, the absolute best from you. And if you go into business, not so, you know, high on hubris that you don't, try to do everything even when you're not good at certain things and you pay people what you're supposed to pay them and you treat people the way you're supposed to treat them you can actually get a lot further ahead and if you have to treat people like mercenaries you know pay them to do a certain job and then when they're done you know they move on and you move on as long as you do it without burning bridges and you can come back to them as a repeat customer don't be afraid to, to use what I call mercenaries, people who are just paid to do certain jobs. 
And for those who who may, uh, you know, and I think we're we're moving more towards that the freelancer economy where you know people like like you said people don't necessarily want to work for other people so they hire out their services on a freelance basis. Yeah, I mean when I first started my first two issues of the of Signet Magazine, LinkedIn was my best friend. LinkedIn <laughs> is 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 a resource, and a lot of people don't use it the way it should be used, which is you find somebody, you pay them what they're worth, and you, you know, you, you, you know, rate whatever their work was and let people, other people know, hey, uh, Crystal Martin did an awesome job. Hey, Natalie, Natalie Lewis did an awesome job. You should use her. If people use certain social media platforms the way that they're supposed to be used, as black people and Hispanic people and Asian people, we could do so much better because we just need a chance. We just need a form. And I, I used to think LinkedIn was, was the absolute best form for, for black people to, you know, provide their services because it's, a, it's such a level playing field as opposed to some of these zip recruiters and things like that, monster. Mm -hmm. black people could thrive on linkedin because we're so well versed in 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 doing things on our own and helping others but it's not used properly sometimes i think but i mean that's just my own personal opinion but okay. like i said that that was my that was my go-to for the first two issues because i basically just put it out there i'm urban i'm having trouble in the in the regular realms trying to find what i'm looking for maybe you guys can help me uh, and it's like and i think a lot of people aren't really sure you know like a lot of people like me i'm on linkedin but i i can honestly i haven't logged into linkedin linkedin and i don't know how long because it's just like we don't you don't necessarily a lot of people don't understand how to use linkedin properly as a networking tool so thank you for for you know bringing that up yeah i mean you can find anything on LinkedIn as far as a startup business would need. And it's, a, it's an outstanding tool for, for somebody who don't really know certain things. If you don't have certain skills, you can find those people there. Awesome. And that was my biggest, biggest thing. Like I, I, for five years, when I first started, I was doing everything wrong because I was trying to go to colleges and trying to find people to do things cheap and trying to find ways to, to minimize the cost. When I started trying to do things the right way, like five years later and had a little bit of knowledge and knew what I couldn't do, what I needed to target. There was only a handful of things that um, platforms that I, that I knew if I used them, I could get exactly what I want. Monster was one. Uh, I think I even put up ads for writers on Craigslist at, at one point. <laughs> so <laughs> the the absolute best results I got was from a social media platform called LinkedIn. Like every time I put up something that I needed something, I got it. And, you know, if you go into your business 
with certain things in mind. I need an investor to start with. I need capital to start with. I need a team to start with. Uh, if I need certain things, I need to be able to go to a certain platform to get everything I need when I need it so that I'm not waiting forever for certain things. If you can do those four things consistently, you shouldn't, I mean, not just the magazine business, but any business, you should all be pretty much okay. Awesome. Thank you. Like you have been giving us so many gems. Like I'm so glad that you contacted me because you've just put out so many tools that people who want to get involved in publications can use. So thank you so much. Now, <laughs> people want to reach out and, you know, maybe uh, if they want to shoot photos for you, or if they want to model in your magazine, if they want to reach out to you for any, you know, maybe hire your services, how can they reach you and where can they find issues of your magazine? Um, right now, I'm exclusively on MagCloud, but I'm working on uh, finding distribution companies to put me up and down what they call the Eastern Pipeline in uh, prisons. Uh, right now, you can go to my IG, and there's a link in the description for the MagCloud where you can get the latest issue and all the back issues. And what else? You can follow me on Signet Magazine, at Signet Magazine, Signet underscore magazine. And my other magazine, which I just wholly took over, is called uh, Starlets. And you can follow me on Starlets Magazine as well. All right. And all of those links are going to be in the description for this episode. Uh, Marcus, I wish you the best of luck. You are really putting in the work. Uh, I'm exhausted just hearing you talk about this. Like... <laughs> like you are out here doing the work. I wish you much success with your magazine. And I hope that, you know, you've, and I know that you've inspired a lot of people out here who don't think that they can do it without, you know, even though you said, don't start without a team. I think hearing your story will really put fire under other people to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about what you really want. And, my my beginnings were a little bit harder than a lot of others, and there's certain missteps that I took that I would have loved to have gotten back, but at the end of the day, I'm proud of what I've accomplished, and I want to keep going, and I, I, I'm of the mind where if somebody was to reach out to me and be like, how can I do this? I've already offered my, my services to other people to help launch their magazines. I, Pay me to just be your EIC, editor-in-chief, creative director, and I'll do for you what I do for me. <laughs> and yeah, basically that. just cover Head the grind. <laughs> Don't reinvent the wheel. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've already shown that, that you can do it off of, you know, working a, a, a nine-to-five and put the thing together and, you know, it costs a lot, and that's pretty much the, the, the one deterrent that keeps people from doing it. It costs to get in this game and, and, and play. But once you start, once you build something and you've done it consistently, then the ad sales come, then the accolades come, then the invitations come. And that's what people want. But nobody wants to do the actual hard work before it. I mean, there's plenty of times I've been told no. I'm still looking for investors. So, I mean, 
there's a lot of times where I've gone to people and been like, look, man, I only really need like twenty, thirty thousand dollars to be great. And, you know, most most big time investors aren't investing that because there's no return. Whereas if it was a hundred thousand dollars I was asking, you know, they'd be like, Oh hell yeah. I mean, the number one question most people ask me when I tell them, you know, I asked for twenty and he told me no, but then he then he turned around and said, If you get a hundred thousand, I say yes, and I'd be like, No. It's because if it fails, you're still responsible for a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> plus interest. So if you're if you're comfortable and you know you're gonna be great and all it takes is twenty thousand dollars and that's and that's what you need to ask for, then that's all you ask for. Because anything else would jeopardize your dream. If something were to go wrong, if you were to get sick, if you were to pass away, your family's still responsible for that money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people ask me if you could get a hundred thousand dollars, why don't you? And it's because you have to be responsible. When you're dealing with that kind of money, so much could go wrong. Your eyes get bigger than your belly. So, like, yes, you need to teach a class on, you know, staying within your means as a business owner. And I will wait. I will wait to see that and I will publicize it. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, kid. Well, um, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk um, to talk to us, to talk to aspiring magazine owners, to talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, letting them see that grind, letting them understand that it does take work. It's not easy. Um, I cannot wait to see what happens with your magazine, um, and I will be keeping up with you. So say goodbye to everybody in podcast land and let them, if you have a last uh, message for them, let them know. Thank you for having me. Please check out my IG. Uh, women, if you check out the IG, please don't be offended. It's a lot of girlies, a lot of half-naked, but it's all done tastefully. <laughs> um, just come and enjoy me and like and comment, and I'll speak to all of you soon because I handle my own IG accounts, and I love conversation. I'm a pop culture nerd, so. Awesome. We're gonna. I'm gonna have to have you on uh, my live show on Thursdays when we talk about pop culture legal stories. Oh, awesome! I'm always available because this okay. is all I do. So, uh, call me and I'll party. Cool beans. All right. All right. Thank you so much, um, everybody in podcast land. Go to Signet Magazine, Starlet's Magazine, and support your boy Marcus Bullard. Thank you. All right. I hope you future editors-in-chief got some inspiration from that. If you want to connect with Marcus, his contact info is in the show notes. The information for where to see the latest issue of Signet Magazine is also in the show notes. Now, if you have a dream business that you want to make into a reality, let's book a 15-minute consultation to see how we can get you there. You can find all this and more at linktree forward slash MPL Consulting Firm. All of my contact information is located in the show notes. Also, if you would like to advertise your business on my podcast, I run one-week promo spots starting at $3. Email me at nplconsultingfirm at gmail.com for details. Uh, enjoy- See you next time.